Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and today is Friday, August 25th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. I hope you had a wonderful week. Now, if this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, today is, of course, Friday, which means that today will be the hardest day of the week. It's always the hardest day of the week, just before the weekend, and then you get to take a little break. As always, if you find this episode to be a bit challenging, well, take the weekend off, come back to us on Monday. It's going to be the easiest day of the week. But of course, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. You never know. You might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to a question. And if you don't, you might even learn something along the way. If, however, you find this episode to be a bit simple, well, then uh, I guess this is the hardest day of the week. And that's, uh, that's about as hard as it gets. So without further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. Which species of palm tree is native to the island of Madagascar? and is known for its unique appearance with a thick, bottle-shaped trunk and a crown of large, fan-shaped leaves. And that tree is known as a bottle palm. Bottle palms have large, swollen, sometimes bizarrely so, large, swollen trunks. It is a myth that the trunk is me- is a means by which the palm stores water. Uh, it's not, not like a cactus in that sense. Bottle palms have only four to six leaves open at any time, and the leaves of young palms have a red or orange tint to it, but a deep green hue assumes as, a, as it matures. Uh, the flowers of the palm arise from under the crown shaft. Bottle palms are very cold sensitive and are killed at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That's zero degrees Celsius. So about you know the same temperature that water freezes at. Uh, or of course, anything colder than that for an appreciable length of time. They may survive a brief light frost, but will certainly have foliage damage. Only in southern Florida and Hawaii uh, are there safe locations in the United States to actually grow bottle palms, although mature flowering specimens may be occasionally seen in in favored microclimates around the Cape Canaveral and Tampa St. Petersburg in coastal central Florida. So, once again, that palm tree that is native to the island of Madagascar is called the bottle palm. Moving on to question number two. In Swedish, a skvadar is a rabbit with which unusual feature? Now, if you're an American listener, you may be thinking of a jackalope, which has antlers. But in this case, this rabbit has wings. The skvadar, which I'm certainly pronouncing wrong, is a Swedish fictional creature that has the four quarters and hind legs of a European hare and the back, wings, and tail of a female wood grouse. The skvadar originates from a tall tale hunting story told by a man named Haken Dalmark. Again, apologies for pronunciation here. During a dinner at a restaurant in Sundsvall in the beginning of the 20th century. To the amusement of the other guests, Dalmark claimed that in 1874, he had shot such an animal during a hunt in just north of Sundsvall. Now, on his birthday in 1907, 
His housekeeper jokingly presented him with a painting of the animal, made by her nephew, and shortly before his death in 1912, Dalmark donated the painting to a local museum. During an exhibition in... Okay, here we go. I'm going to try this word. During an exhibition in Ornskovic... Okay... In 1916, the manager of the museum became acquainted with the taxidermist Rudolf Gramberg. He then mentioned the story on the painting and asked Gramberg if he could reconstruct the animal. In 1918, Gramberg had completed the Sfader, and it has since been a very popular exhibition item in the museum, which also has the painting on display. Uh, Similar creatures to this are like the American jackalope, which is a rabbit, but this time with antlers instead of wings. So again, the Skvidar is a rabbit with wings in Sweden. Question number three. What musical term is indicating a chord where the notes are played one after another rather than all together? And that term is arpeggio. An arpeggio is a type of broken chord in which the notes that compose a chord are individually sounded in a progressive rising or descending order. Arpeggios on keyboard instruments may be called rolled chords. Arpeggios may include all notes of a scale or partial set of notes from a scale, but must contain notes of at least three pitches. Uh, Two pitch sequences are known as trills instead of arpeggios. Arpeggios may sound notes within a single octave or span multiple octaves, and the notes may may be sustained or overlapped or be heard separately. An arpeggio for the chord of C major, for example, going up two octaves would be the notes C, E, G, C, E, G, C. So, if you're musically inclined... That is an example of an arpeggio. Moving on to question number four. What is the family name of the ruling dynasty of Monaco? And that family name is Grimaldi. The sovereign prince is the monarch and head of state of the Principality of Monaco. All reigning princes have taken the name of the house Grimaldi, although since 1731, many have belonged to other families in the male line. When Prince Rainier III died in 2005, he was Europe's longest reigning monarch at the time. The Grimaldi family, which has ruled Monaco for eight centuries, is Europe's longest ruling royal family. The presently reigning prince is Albert II, who ascended in April of 2005. A quick fun fact, the princely family, so the Grimaldi family in this case, receives annual allocations from the budget of Monaco, about $43.5 million, well, actually it's 43.5 million euros in 2015, which, uh, if you ask me, is a pretty good stipend. Now, the Grimaldi name, if you were to ask me, that sounds like the name of a royal family. So, if you ever have to think of the name of the ruling dynasty in Monaco, once again, that is Grimaldi. Moving on to question number five. What was the first movie to be rated PG-13?
And that movie was Red Dawn. The PG-13 rating was introduced on July 1st, 1984, with the advisory, quote, Parents are strongly cautioned to give special guidance for attendance of children under 13. Some material may be inappropriate for young children, end quote. The first film to be released with this rating was the John Milius war film Red Dawn. The ratings have changed many times, but since 1996, the current ratings are as followed. Rated G is for general audiences. All ages are admitted. Rated PG, parental guidance is suggested. Some material may not be suitable for children. Rated PG-13, parents strongly cautioned. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Rated R is restricted. Under 17 requires accompaniment of a parent or adult guardian. And finally, rated NC-17, that is adults only. No one 17 and under is admitted. So, once again, the very first time that a movie was ranked PG-13, that was in 1984 with the movie Red Dawn. Question number six. Emetophobia is the fear of what? And that is a fear of vomit. Emetophobia is a phobia that causes overwhelming, intense anxiety pertaining to vomit. This specific phobia can also include subcategories of what causes the anxiety, including a fear of vomiting or seeing others vomit. Emetophobes might also avoid the mentions of barfing, vomiting, throwing up, or puking. It is common for those who suffer from emetophobia to be underweight or malnourished due to strict diets and restrictions they make for themselves. The thought of someone possibly vomiting can cause the phobic person to engage in extreme behaviors to escape from their anxiety triggers, for example, going to great lengths to avoid situations that could be perceived as, quote, threatening. Emetophobia is clinically considered an elusive predicament, because the limited research has been done pertaining to it. The fear of vomiting receives little attention compared to other fears. So if you happen to be listening to this episode, and I keep saying the word vomit, throwing up puking, and if you have emetophobia, I greatly apologize. Moving on to question number seven. What is the world's most venomous fish? And that fish is the stonefish. The most venomous known fish is the reef stonefish. It has a remarkable ability to camouflage itself amongst rocks. It is an ambush predator that sits at the bottom waiting for prey to approach. Instead of swimming away if disturbed, it erects 13 venomous spines along its back. For defense, it can shoot venom from each or all of these spines. Each spine is like a hypodermic needle delivering the venom from two sacs attached to the spine. The stonefish has control whether to shoot its victim and does so when provoked or frightened. The venom results in severe pain, paralysis, and tissue death, and can actually be fatal if not treated. Despite its formidable defenses, stonefish do actually have predators. 
Despite this, some bottom-feeding rays and sharks with crushing teeth do in fact feed on them, as does the, St the Stokes sea snake. So once again, the most venomous fish in the world is the stonefish. Question number eight. Which author wrote Around the World in 80 Days? And that would be the French author, Jules Verne. Around the World in 80 Days, or in French, Le Tour de Mont en 80 Jours, is an adventure novel by the French writer Jules Verne, first published in French in 1872. In the story, Phileas Fogg of London and his newly employed French valet, Passepartout, attempt to circumnavigate the world in 80 days on a wager of 20,000 pounds, which is roughly equivalent to 1.9 million pounds in 2019, set by his friends at the Reform Club. It is one, one of Verne's most acclaimed works and has since been adapted to both film and TV shows. So once again, the author of Around the World in 80 Days, a.k.a. Le Tour de Mont en 80 jours, is Jules Verne. Moving on to question number nine. What is the driest place on Earth that is not located at either of the poles? And the answer there is the Atacama Desert. The Atacama Desert is a desert plateau located on the Pacific coast of South America in Argentina and Chile. Stretching over 990 miles, that's about 1,600 kilometers, of land west of the Andes Mountains, it covers an area of about 41,000 square miles, that's about 100,000 square kilometers, uh, which increases to about 49,000 square miles, or about 128,000 square kilometers, if the barren lower slopes of the Andes are included. The Atacama Desert is the driest nonpolar desert in the world, and the second driest overall, behind some specific spots within the McMurdo Dry Valleys of Antarctica. Uh, it is the only hot, true desert to receive less precipitation than the polar deserts and the largest fog desert in the world. In fact, the average rainfall is about a half an inch per year, uh, which is equivalent to about 15 millimeters, although some locations in this desert only receive one to three millimeters in a year. That's equivalent to about 0 0.04 inches. A uh, quick fun fact, the area has actually been used as an experimentation site for Mars expedition simulations due to its similarities to the Martian environment, which is quite interesting. So again, uh, the driest place on Earth outside of the poles is the Atacama Desert. Moving on to our last question of the day. Before we get to this final question, I do want to ask each of you, if you are a consistent listener, I encourage you to please subscribe to our show. Uh, we're trying to increase our, uh, our community here, and all those numbers help. So again, from me to you, I encourage you to please subscribe, listen to us every day, and as always, tell your friends, tell your family. So with that quick little plug, let's get on to the last question of the day. Which poison do apple seeds contain?
and that poison is cyanide. In chemistry, a cyanide, which is actually a Greek word for dark blue, is a chemical compound that contains a CN functional group. In organic cyanides, the cyanide group is present in the cyanide anion CN. This anion is extremely poisonous. Cyanides are produced by certain bacteria, fungi, and algae, and it is an antifeedant in a number of plants. Cyanides are found in substantial amounts in certain seeds and stone fruits, of course, apples included, but also bitter almonds, apricots, and peaches. Chemical compounds that can release cyanide are known as cyanogenic compounds. In plants, cyanides are usually bound to sugar molecules in the form of cyanogenic glycosis and defends the plant from herbivores. Now, of course, that doesn't necessarily stop us from eating apples, but that is in fact a poison that is located in apple seeds. Again, that is cyanide. So that concludes this round of My Daily Trivia. Now, if you found this round to be simple, well, I applaud you. It's as hard as it gets. And of course, if you found this to be a, a bit of a challenge, I encourage you to uh, to re-listen to us on Monday. Monday is going to be the easiest day of the week. Of course, it gets progressively harder as we go. So take the weekend off. Enjoy your Friday. Check back in with us on Monday. I want to thank each of you again for listening to my daily trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see you on Monday. <laughs>